0: ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. All right, Emily Kaplan, Linda Cohn, it's the In the Crease podcast. But before we get into today's episode, we want to tell you that we're both really excited about our new weekday studio show, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, someone that I've grown to know and love and honestly admire because she's just She's awesome. All right. I want to say bad. I don't even know if I'm allowed to, but she's tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content debuting on ESPN Tuesday, October 19th, 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific alongside Malika. There's going to be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Gumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelburne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Wow. That was a cast get caught up on all of the latest from around the NBA on NBA today. 3 Eastern, noon Pacific, on ESPN and on the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today, wherever you get your podcast, a.k.a. wherever you're listening to this one. And Linda, what a week it was. We kicked off the NHL season. We were both at an NHL opener. I was at the early game. You were at the late game. We had a chance to get on the phone and dissect a little bit, but we didn't get into all of it. So we saved it for the podcast. You're welcome, people.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was great. Now I'm like going through withdrawal because every night I want to be at a hockey game. I know. Is that wrong?
0: No, it's one of those things where I was done and I was itching. I was like, okay, can I do this tomorrow? Okay. Like when, especially between the benches, it was just so cool to be in that action and that atmosphere. I unfortunately was at the lightning game. It just didn't have the same atmosphere as your game. So yes. I'm a little jealous that Vegas was the better show.
1: Let's face it. It was a dud. And I was totally shocked by that quality of play in that game, but no, nothing against the Penguins. They came to play at least one team did, but I get all that, but wait a minute you between the benches. Okay. You were outstanding. Uh, although I was in Vegas and the sound was down, uh, but you look great. And I know you were saying something significant because you're Emily Kaplan and you always do. And you leave that little something for the viewers to just ponder. Uh, But I want to know what it was like. I mean, I know you rehearsed and everything. You told me, hey, Linda, I got to rehearse in Tampa, blah, 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 blah. You know, I never never got that. I'm going to be between the benches my first ever go-round in Anaheim at the Honda Center at the Pond uh, Friday night. And I'm pumped up, but I got to tell you, I got a little butterfly, so I need to be prepared. And you know, that's how you kick butt. That's how you crush it when you are prepared. So, Emily, can you please tell me right now, how can I best prepare myself? I'm not talking about taking notes and knowing the players and knowing the number. No, I'm talking about how do I stay upright? How do I not get hit by a puck? I know I was a goalie, but I don't have the equipment on.
0: Well, it's so funny because after the game um, we went to the hotel bar lobby and I was talking to some folks for the NHL and there's this woman, Nicole Buckley, and she's in charge of broadcasting. she's like, the refs all came up to me before the game. And they said, who's that between the benches? We're really worried about her. We don't want her to get hit by a puck. Like, who is that? I was like, oh, she's fine. That's Emily Kaplan. And they were like, and I could tell during the game, the rest were giving me a look of like, huh? So keep your head on a swivel, follow the action of the puck. But come on, Linda, it's all instincts. You're a goalie. You're reactive. You're going to be fine at it. I think the coolest things about it are that the small moments that you notice, like, for example, in the lightnings banner ceremony, we yeah. watched that on air. And then, you know, after we go to commercial break, I see all of the veteran guys, uh, Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev, Pat Maroon, um, one other guy did it too. Maybe it was Kucherov, went over and skated to the Stanley Cup and just tapped it. And I just thought that was a really unique moment. Um, and then when you're there, you get to see things. And like, for example, I didn't get to talk about this on air, but the ref on our game uh, was Steve Kazari, and he was getting so mad at the Pittsburgh bench, specifically the coaching staff um, of Mike Sullivan, because they kept trying to make line changes when they weren't supposed to. And Steve is like, got to help me out here. You got to help me out. And he was getting really angry of it. You get to see every player that skates to the ref complaining about something. Start practicing your lip readings because it's really hard to hear, but you can hear some stuff. And the one thing I did report on air, which was funny, um, Corey Perry got knocked into the net and then he comes back and he skates over and he's really upset. And, um, I'm sitting between the benches and Brian Russ is like leaning over yelling and he's like, Hey, Corey, are you okay? And he doesn't <laughs> respond. And he's like, Corey, it wasn't me. And Corey just gives him the death glare. And so like those type of interactions you're going to love.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, though. I love that, that you were able to report on that. But what I'm concerned about, so I'm going to be so head on a swivel, right? I'm going to be looking at both benches, you know, when I probably should be paying attention to what's going on on the ice, you know? And so I'm really, you know, they say repetition is the key. Who knows? I just want, again, stay healthy, stay safe in that first go round uh, in Anaheim tomorrow. I'm really pumped up. But uh, I'm going to be anxious to kind of capture who was it that said. I don't know. Maybe I'll give you credit, Emily. Uh, the key to being a good uh, between the bench reporter in an NHL hockey game is be like a nosy neighbor. Was that Ooh. you who said that? No, no, but it wasn't. P- but I like that because oh, it's literally see? what it is. Right. So that that really resonated with me. Be a nosy neighbor, like poke your nose where it doesn't belong. And I know we're going to have the two big. And you had it. and You experienced it. Those pig big uh, uh, plexiglass on each side, which can block out a lot, but you can still see. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. Uh, But I'm really looking forward to it's fun. But I was like, oh, and here's the other thing. And I know just because we're two women, I want to bring this up. It doesn't mean, oh, you're women, you're talking about clothes. What are you wearing? No, that's not why I'm bringing this up. I'm talking about I want to freeze my butt off in between the benches. I want to make sure I'm wearing the proper uh, attire You know, I'm, I'm, I learned now, finally, after I, you know, I've learned never to wear boots or shoes again to a rink Two, one, my feet freeze Two, they hurt after like an hour. So no more, I wear comfortable sneakers. But my second part of this question, what the heck do I wear? How do I keep warm? Is it cold there in between the benches? The people want to know it's
0: not just me. It's a little, it can get chilly, um, you know, and it, I mean, I was in Tampa where they have to pump the air and, you know, probably in Anaheim, they do too. Yeah. Um, wear layers, um, drink a lot of tea between periods, find someone who could bring you tea or coffee. Ooh. That's another huge tip. But um, you know, I'm going to have start... to go to
1: the bathroom all the time. I cannot yeah. be drinking
0: too much coffee and tea. <laughs> that's an issue. I, yeah, we can talk about bladder uh, control as well, if that's what TMI, we
1: want. TMI, TMI, I know.
0: I also um, like one thing I was just at my friend's wedding and the wedding planner, my best um,
1: friend's wedding. Yes. It was my
0: best friend's wedding. It was, they're my two best friends and they got married. It was my best friend's wedding. Um, didn't make any pacts with anyone to get married at 40 both single or 30, whatever the actual pack was. Um, but the wedding planner came up to us and was like, make sure you guys are kind of like moving around because a lot of people lock their knees and faint. Um, and I actually thought about that between the benches a, to stay warm, but B, just to make sure like nothing kind of funky happened. Um, luckily in Tampa, there was a lot of space. So I was moving around. And especially when the play does come to you, you should step back a bit just in case, you know, something gets deflected stick or a stick, or a stick or comes chucks. up. Right. Like, the only time I ever got dangerous with Chris Latang was like trying to be so dramatic about not having too many men on the ice that he like came and leaned over on the bench and his blade was literally like. His leg was lying across the boards in front of me and the blade was pretty close to me. Um, and I kind of had to step back there. Be careful on the ground though. Can I tell you what's on the ground in the box? No one talks about this. Please a do a bunch it. of used sniffing salt packets that the guys just toss oh, over into my box. That's and great some gum, and some gum. That's great. Also, all,
1: all good for COVID, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> also, this is a story I've always wanted to do, Linda. Why do hockey players, baseball players too, chew the most disgusting gum? You guys, I understand you're going like, to lose your teeth. What's the flavor? Like um, double bubble. And um, what's the other one? It's like the kind that's five cents at the store and it loses all of its flavor. Every time you go into a hockey locker room, you see a big tub bazooka.
1: Of it. Is it bazooka? Do they still, oh my gosh, that? That they was, still make
0: bazooka. That's that amazing. was like
1: a penny back in my day. Oh my God. Back in my day, was five cents. Oh my gosh. Um, speaking of Chris Latang. Do you ever watch This Is Us? I think he's a spit and double for Milo, whatever, oh, you know, Jack, yeah, which I is a good that. thing. Oh, by the way, may I just say. But every time I see Chris Latang, I'm like, wow. Uh, he could be an actor. Yes, that's how I look at it. Let's we'll keep it clean. Uh, let's get back to what you wore. I want to know what you wore. So you said layers. So did you have the I forgot what you had. Did you have the yeah, what was under the jacket? You had the I had a laser. Ah, you did have a turtleneck. So here I you did. are in Tampa and you didn't feel odd because I am now thinking I got to dig out some turtlenecks here in, you know, L.A. where I'm coming, you know, and I'll be in Anaheim. Great point. So you had the turtleneck under the blazer.
0: Mm-hmm. In case I had to take it off, I think I could have just worn the turtleneck on air. Yeah, I love it. Look sharp. Yeah. All right. Thank I you. wore right. boots, but really comfortable boots. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, the game I had, we're, we're, let's talk about more about your game and I'll go quickly oh, yeah. on it. My game. After the banner ceremony, why does this always happen? It was a total dud. The Tampa Bay bench was lifeless the entire game. I thought they just, they didn't look like themselves. John Cooper said after the game, if they had played the Pittsburgh farm team, it would have been the same result. <laughs> it was the Pittsburgh farm team, let's be honest. There was a lot of guys. They there were the that Pittsburgh we farm team, except for a couple. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was shocked by how quick they were and how fast they were. Because when we think of Pittsburgh, we think of a team that like, Totally is barren of prospects because they traded them all away and they're kind of getting old and maybe they're slow, but they were really fast and they didn't give any Tampa Bay, any power plays, which was probably their game plan. And then the best story that happened in my game and really the only noteworthy thing to talk about was Brian Boyle. Correct. And the fact that this is a guy who was out of the league last year, no team called him, no one was interested in him and he trained every day because he had belief in himself and then he goes to the world and does so well there that they give him a shot. And because Gino and Sid are out, he makes the opening day roster and then scores. And it just, it's an unbelievable story.
1: So humble. And cancer survivor. Cancer survivor. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's the, no, the, listen, you buried the lead, but I was there for you to pick it up. And terrible it journalist, out I am. Um, Don't bury
0: the lead when you're between the benches, Linda. Yeah. Say the most interesting thing first. <laughs> That's my tip.
1: Yeah. So, uh, no, we're happy for Brian Boyle when I was covering the Rangers, of course. He was a core uh, guy, core group can still win a big face off when you need him to. And he's just a fun teammate and a good human. I like to say, but most hockey players are good humans, but he's a real super duper good human.
0: You could tell after the game, he just, it, I interviewed him after and it just, you could, he almost was crying. It of course. Just, it was just soaking it all in, not knowing if he would ever have this opportunity again. It was pretty neat.
1: You know, it was another moment. Speaking of like great moments so far, I know it's just a small sample size of the NHL regular season, but uh, we've seen it so far. I mean, Jonathan Druan in Montreal, uh, the yep. off season that he had, first goal since last April, uh, you know, he had a step away due to anxiety issues. Uh, and then to see him score for Montreal in their first game and that loss to Toronto. I mean, that was just a a wonderful moment. Another, you know, I want to get to my whole Vegas thing. I will in a second, but uh, I was watching speaking of between the benches and I'm going to do the ducks wild. I watched Anaheim last night. I watched the whole game and, you know, they hear the whispers. They hear the whispers that they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NHL uh, and that it's all about the young guys and whether they're going to take a big step and whether they'll even have be competitive because if the young guys take a big step, maybe they'll be competitive. I mean, They hear all that criticism. And guess what? The young guys did take a big step. No, I know one game, but here's the bigger picture issue. The old guys, the veterans on the Anaheim Ducks, they've been criticized for kind of like, you know, being an Orange County, California hockey team, if you know what I mean. You know, not really having any pressure and not Mm -hmm. having that urgency to worry about their jobs. Well, guess what? Not this year, not this time. And what I saw last night with their four to one victory, Uh, Over Winnipeg and your boy, Connor Hellebuck, let me tell you something. Gibby, John Gibson, who I adore, and he should be the starting goaltender for the Olympic team for Team USA. Uh, This guy has an edge, and I even saw it out of Ryan Getzloff yesterday. They love these young kids. The young kids are inspiring the veterans. So we'll see. The Ducks will be more competitive than we think.
0: I like that take. Okay, now we got to talk about Vegas, Seattle.
1: Okay, here's the thing. Uh, this will never get old. This will all, and I know you agree with me. This will always be the best venue in hockey until somebody proves me differently. The pregame they put on, I've been there before, but to be, you know, Kevin Weeks and I was very fortunate to be a part of our ESPN's opening night coverage and hosting intermissions for Vegas, Seattle, and seeing history with a Kraken taking the ice and seeing Ryan Donato. He was the guy. He scored the first ever, he'll be the trivia answer, first ever Seattle Kraken goal. But let's get back to the pregame, shall we? I was a kid in the candy store. You had to remind me, uh, Linda, you're working this game. Oh, I, I have to put the camera down? I'm literally like doing videos like a typical mom. I'm doing videos for my son, Dan, who's across the country. But we both bond over Game of Thrones many years ago. And to see this pregame Knights fighting each other and slaying the Kraken and all of it, and the special effects and the Kraken just melted into the ice. I mean, amazing. And then have I mentioned during the telecast, well, I don't know if you guys heard it, but Kevin Weeks and I did. I love the band Queen, and they had this Freddie Mercury sound alike, who I know I've seen Adam Lambert and Queen two years ago in Florida, home of the Panthers. I saw him there. At BB&T Arena and Adam Lambert, I'm a big fan. I love this guy. And he sounded like you have the most
0: random music taste I Linda. do.
1: Kiss and Adam Lambert. Yeah. I love Adam. Yes. Kiss and Adam Lambert, not at the same time, but Adam Lambert taking the place of Freddie Mercury. Obviously, they did a great tour, blah, 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 Bohemian Rhapsody tour. But then I heard this guy, I should know his name, my disrespect. I, I sorry. He, I closed my eyes and he sounded like Freddie Mercury and it was amazing. So Whoa. there's just so many layers to the entertainment value of going to a Vegas Golden Knight game. And I haven't even talked about the hockey yet. I'm talking all about the other stuff. And the fans are amazing. They won
0: up themselves every year. Like, they smashed a jet on the ice when they were playing (laughs) Winnipeg, And I thought that was the coolest thing I would ever see. And somehow they figured out a way to top it.
1: Yes, they did. I mean, it's great. And uh, so that's them, and they won the game. But let me tell you something. Am I in the minority? I know this is like by the time maybe someone's listening to this. Who cares? We're talking. I wanted to talk to you about it. I haven't talked to you about it. That's why we have this podcast so I can talk to you about these things, Emily, that bugs yeah, me. Of course. Uh, that goal, no no disrespect to Chandler Stevenson. He's just a hockey player trying to get an edge. That was not a goal. I'm sorry. Kevin Weeks and I, as soon as that goal went in the net, and I, it was a 3-3 game, guys. For those who didn't watch the game, shame on you. You shut it off when it was 3-0 Vegas. Shame on you. Seattle came back to tie it. And then that, just like that, Vegas scores the go-ahead goal when, let's face it, look at the replay. That puck was redirected in. I know we have a great, you know, I love the fact that we have a guy we can go to, uh, you know, to say, hey, should that be a goal? You know, like we do in the NFL. Good job by our guy, Mark Rose, for making that happen. Very important to have a former official to talk yes, Dave about. Jackson,
0: yes. he now has, by the way, a TV haircut. I don't think he had that haircut when he was on the uh, <laughs> ref. And he has like that nice, like, it, it yes. definitely was style. Yes. Nice, I'll put it that Speaking way. Speaking
1: of fashion, okay. Yeah. Hair fashion. Um, but yeah why instantly I knew the thing was redirected I, and, you know, and we Kevin weeks, who was my, you know, uh, intermission host partner here. We're talking about, we're like, that's no goal. I literally did the no goal animation sign. Like um, Emily, trust me. As soon as that goal went in, I didn't even need to see replay. And then our booth with all due respect, they're like, Oh, I think that's going to be a goal. That's going to be a goal. And I'm like, I'm looking at Kevin weeks and he's looking at me like, what are they watching? And what the hell do we know? Okay. What's going on, Here's Emily? The issue. What is the issue? How is that a goal? He definitely moved his blade to redirect it.
0: When I came from the NFL, I said this like to myself at the time, and I'm going to say it now because four and a half years later, it's still true. Catch or no catch in the NFL our version of it in hockey is distinct kicking motion where no one knows what it actually is. And I think that the rule book is just way too vague of what is a distinct kicking motion. And so it's up for interpretation. And, It was like we were watching it all in the lobby after the game. And we're with everyone, right? League execs, all these ESPN people. We had What did they say? That's interesting. I want to know what they said. It was 50-50. Half the people were like, that's a goal. And half the people were like, that's not a goal. And I'm like, this is a problem if you have half these people being split right now and no one knows what the real answer is. Um, So I think that's something that the NHL should revisit. They should just visit. I don't know if they've ever revisited it to begin with because- it's an issue and it's going to continue being an issue because it's just too much gray area.
1: It was a tough way to lose for Seattle. So much goodness to cut take from their first ever regular season game. And, you know, coming back from the three, nothing deficit, but to lose like that, that's just not fair. You know, that's just not right. And uh, that part of it was unfortunate, but if you look at the whole experience, the whole Vegas experience, definitely put it on your bucket list for anyone who's never been to a hockey game at T-Mobile arena, and uh, you will not—you not be disappointed. And I know you've heard it before. You're going to hear it again. But uh, you know, when so many people are talking about something that you should go to and put on your bucket list, you should do it. Especially if you're a hockey fan, and I'm assuming you are because you're listening to Emily and I, or maybe you just like Emily and I and you're like hearing our voices. And we've been so busy, so. Um, yeah, so Emily, you know I'm doing the in, this Friday uh, in between the benches and you'll get the full report on Monday, uh, how it is. But you can watch it. That's our first ever ESPN Plus game, by the way. A lot of firsts, Emily. And this will be our first of many 70-something ESPN Plus games. Uh, that's so easy. And if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? It's so cheap. It's like seven cents a game,
0: for goodness also, sake. Also, don't wait. Don't be that person on like the first day of NFL Sunday that's on the phone with Sunday ticket being like, what does it work?
1: <laughs> I know. Wake up. I know.
0: The first Kraken game is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. You can't watch it anywhere else except for ESPN+. Plus. The first home Kraken game, rather, at Climate Pledge Arena.
1: Right, which we'll, be, we'll both be at.
0: Uh, I know. I, breaking news. I must have known this, but I must have just had brain fart because my life is, I don't even know what my life is. I forgot that you were going to be there. Yes. I forgot that we we're going to be in the same place. Yes. Live podcast, people. It's amazing. And I used to live in Seattle,
1: and I love Seattle. Has changed, though. When I, I lived there from uh, 89 to 92 back in the day, you were born. I know when you were born, I, you know, because you're the same age. You as my daughter. Okay,
0: I'll say it as a hockey player. Okay. I'm a 91.
1: You're a 91. Okay. I love that. How you said that as a hockey player. That's great. So, ah, yes. So that's when I was in Seattle and, and my daughter who's the same age as you, Emily was born in Seattle. So I hold a special place in my heart for Seattle and, and the Kraken. And um, I'm pumped up. We're pumped up climate pledge arena. Can you tell me again? I mean, what, the, what is this about? I mean, I, I'm not shaking my head. I just think it's fascinating. Part of the stuff I learned about the climate and our environment and uh, what? No plastic? What's going on there? What is the deal? What are we going to see there? It's
0: firstly, it's going to be cool. What, uh, so I went there. I was in Seattle like a week and a half ago doing a big project um, on the arena and I went and they let me in. It was not ready. Like there's a reason that they didn't play on home on opening night. It's they're going up to the wire. Like the re- the ice look good. The two, there's, there's two jumbotrons on either side, not just one in the right. middle for better sight lines. And I think that's really unique. Um, but the concourse it looked like um, they were like putting in the the stands there. So we'll, we'll, it will be ready for opening night, but uh, they definitely are working up to it. It's going to be the most sustainable arena in the world. That's the it. greenest arena in the world. Yeah. The first certified Carb, net carbon zero. Gosh, I'm totally butchering this. And their PR person made me repeat it like five times before I had to say it's it. like a new language. I, was doing. I never heard of this it stuff. Is. And so the zero plastics thing, I believe it's by 2024, they're going to be zero plastics. And Tim Laiweke, an Oakview group who develops all of these arenas and has been highly involved was inspired by Billie Eilish because at her concerts, she requested zero plastics, And he's like, well, the pop star can do this. Why don't we do this at all of our buildings and let's do it at our new buildings. Um, So I think that's really neat because this is a franchise that has said, like, we're going to do things differently and we're going to be a franchise that stands for something. And they're walking the walk. And, you know, we know that it's actually Amazon is the the sponsor of this arena, but Amazon didn't put their name on it. They named it climate pledge arena. And I know some people think that's so corny, but at least they're backing it up.
1: I've heard worse names for arenas. I can't, <laughs> what's the worst arena name. I, know, you got? I was going to say, I can't think of it now. I mean, nothing could be more worse than uh, the names of uh, college football bowl games. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. But that's what comes to mind even worse than certain arena names. Cause usually they're just sponsors, obviously. So I'm not going to rip anyone just in case they want to sponsor this podcast. So I will not go in that direction, Emily Kaplan. But um, okay,
0: I tried to beat you. I know
1: it didn't work. It did not work.
0: I wanted it people worked. to be mad at you. Yeah. It was like, let's let's give them some fire. Let's... It did not work. I'll tell you something. What, what a veteran feel, move.
1: Thank you. What I'm really looking forward to with the Anaheim game, Minnesota Wilder in town. I am actually mm. going to I have actually been learning some key phrases in Russian because I am going to be speaking to after the morning skate. With the great, with the most dynamic player in the history of the Masonic Wild. And I'm talking about Kirill Kaprizov. The newly. It's
0: not wild. He's been on the scene for one year and he's already the most dynamic player, but I totally agree with yes. you.
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm told by his, the PR folks, oh, Linda, I don't know if you should do that. He doesn't really speak English. I'm like, I've heard he through does. a source he knows some English. And he would know more, by the way, if it wasn't for what he had to deal with last year. And I'm talking about COVID. I don't have to tell Mm -hmm. you, Emily, you know, because you have spoken to so many uh, players that are, have been born outside of North America. And what is the key to learning English? The key to learning English is to be around people who speak English,
0: right? And so many guys tell me, Vlad Tarasenko, he'd go to the grocery store and then force himself to like order things at the deli or things like that. Um, and just interact with people. And last year, what were NHL players prevented from doing? Interacting with anyone. Correct, Emily.
1: And so it's truly amazing. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov knows as many words he does in English because of that. He he didn't have that opportunity. Plus, here's a fun fact, which wasn't too much fun for Kaprizov. And again, for those who don't know, all this guy did was win the Calder. All this guy did was come into the NHL day one, scored a goal and then didn't stop scoring goals and was the best player on this team okay just keep that in mind with all the other stuff going on off the ice but here's the fun fact he had no teammate that could speak russian with him because he was the only russian on the team he yeah, was the that's, o- that's absolutely positively when you look around the nhl now you see multiple you see at least more than one russian player on a NHL team, just you know, just name a team. I mean, look at capitals. or If you're on the Rangers, yeah. and you
0: have like Chris Kreider, who randomly speaks Russian. Yes, because, well, he's smart because he I know. That, I mean,
1: it was a good move by him if he wants to communicate with Artemi Panarin and others. But yes, so he had those two items against him. But uh, I'm going to be talking with him, really pumped up about that.
0: And a couple. Wait, yes, and I want. Yeah, I think that's so smart that you said you learned some yes. Russian phrases. Because, it's not a lot. Firstly, okay. What I was told, someone gave me this tip way back when, and I said this to all young journalists, is if there is a guy that English is not his first language, learn how to say hey, hello, yeah. and thank you in that language. It's the bare minimum that you can do, and it goes such a long way. So I'm sure you know. Prevet and yes. Uh I also know, let me write, I also, uh, paka
1: is we'll see you soon. Okay. Instead of saying I goodbye, like we'll, we'll see you soon. It's like Another way of saying until we see, like you see each other again. And it was the simplest thing. It sounds like I'm doing a bird call, but that's what, it. but I'm going to, I have to look up. You're brilliant. Cause I forgot to look up. Thank you. So I'm going to, do you know it off the Pacebo. top of your head? Spacebo. Say it again. Spacebo. Spacebo. Can I write this down? Yes. Placebo. Is it? Yeah, you should Nate, write it down. Yeah, Nate rhymes with placebo, but
0: it's. Yeah. That's the best way to think of it. Okay. <laughs>
1: Spacebo. Spacebo.
0: I think it's placebo or spacebo.
1: All right, I better find that. You're out. gonna have to
0: ask him. him. But if you say it, he'll laugh and he'll smile and hey, he'll if know. I can make him laugh and, and it's... smile, it's
1: a good thing. Yeah, so oh, anyway, that's he... fun. Yeah, that'll be good. Anyway, moi moi and kitos, that's in Finnish. All right, don't confuse me with these other once we get to that point when I'm covering someone and there's enough Finns in the league where that will come. Oh, yeah, up. you should
0: know some Finnish.
1: All right, I'll talk to do you know Swiss? Because I'm going to also talk to Kevin Fiala. No, but I think he speaks. I don't know what he
0: speaks. Yes. But he speaks very good. That's English. That's what I people. thought.
1: I didn't, I had to look it up and I'm like, oh, I forgot he's Swiss. He's like, Roman yeah, Yossi. Know. you know what I mean?
0: He's, he's Swiss. Swiss. He's Swiss. Nico. He's here. They're honestly, the Swiss hockey team might not be bad this year.
1: I know in the Olympics. Yeah. So all I know about, you know, getting back to Kaprizov, who I just adore. It's the fact that hello, anybody, you know, uh, at the Olympics, he just scored the game winning goal for Russia, the gold medal game. That's all he, everything he touches is gold. And he's going to be back there again. And once again, you got to think Russia, well, we can get into our Olympic talk at another time, but it's very exciting to think about that team and how good they are. It's
0: exciting. Honestly, that's an exciting game. I I think like sometimes you look at the Anaheim Ducks and you don't get excited. But like you said, the fact that all these young kids are in the lineup and showing some energy, um, it's going to be good. And Zegers is the kid that everyone says, if I were you, Linda, I would lean in and ask a bunch of questions to people beforehand about Zegers because I've heard he's got a beauty of a personality just like I saw it kid is unreal you'd
1: be proud of me I watched every minute of the game the Ducks local broadcast on ESPN plus because hello I'm a subscriber
0: only way to get out of market games that's
1: right so there I was watching the pre the post the game and uh he you. does have a great personality and the kid that would had uh, a goal and assist Mason McTavish was fun McTavish.
0: Who they did not plan on being on the roster this year. That was not in an any. He didn't plan. even know he was
1: going to be in the game yesterday until Max Jones was sick. He found out at four o'clock local time, and what does he do? He scores a goal and assist, and also played havoc in front of the net. It's just so refreshing. The Ducks were actually watchable, and with no due, no disrespect to the Ducks and all that, but again. At times, it's been a snooze fest, you know, the last couple of years with these young kids. But you're right on point with Trevor Zegers. He could win the Calder this year, even though we both love Spencer Knight. Uh, But, you know, if there's a guy on the Ducks that can win the Calder, it's definitely that kid. Uh, But he's just he's just he knows all the hype. He knows the hype that's attached to him. He's handling it so well. He's a good looking kid, too. Uh, It's just uh, it's fun. And I'll tell you, he owns the power play now, Emily. And, you know, it's always been Getzloff. Now, Getzloff is out there with him, but it's Trevor Zegres who's making everything happen on that power play. Point of it. He scored two, not him, not him, but the power play, they had two goals yesterday uh, on um, Wednesday night, two goals. They also were five for five on the penalty kill. So
0: real good stuff. I'm always that person. And that's like, let's not overreact to the first I game know. of the season. It's not going to be. But my point is sometimes when it's big picture stuff of like, wait, this team we thought was going to be like the most unwatchable is actually exciting. Then I'm ready to talk about it. Like, for example, Chicago last oh, night, watch that. Yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury gets burned. That's not going to be Marc-Andre Fleury no. all year. He bounces back from games like that. His defense did not help him Was out. it his
1: fault, though? Were many of those goals his fault, Emily?
0: Um, I didn't watch all of them, so yeah. I don't want to comment. But I did watch some where I was like, ooh, that was a poor defensive play. That just Right, oh, exactly. by Colorado, a really good offensive team. Yeah. Yes.
1: And they didn't even have Nathan McKinnon or their head coach, Jared Bednar, of course. Um, but uh, they had, you know, they had guys like Nazem Khantri who reminded us, yes, he's still on the team, just he doesn't play in the playoffs because he's always on suspension. Uh, but to Winnipeg's credit, they didn't have Mark Scheifele. Finally, that suspension, that was the last game of that suspension on that awful hit on Jake, uh, Jake Evans in the postseason. Right, Jake Evans, right, from Montreal. It was Jake yeah. Evans, and
0: it was. God, that feels like forever yes. ago.
1: But he's so valuable to that Winnipeg Jet team. I didn't think that was the real win. They looked also, they looked like the lightning, actually. You know, they looked like, yeah. and they, didn't have, they didn't raise any banner. Okay. <laughs> they had no excuse. <laughs> they just were missing Mark Scheifele. But they're too good to be, you know, boring. Connor Hellebuck, your guy. He's, you know, again, it was like the flurry situation. It eh, could have had a couple of them. You know, it wasn't great. But Gibby kept the ducks in that game. I love him. And he had a fire. He took, he took two penalties. Uh, John Gibson. He, he, did. he did. I
0: didn't watch the game. And
1: I'll tell you. Let me tell you something about John Gibson. I know it's a love fest I have with him. All right. Forgive me. But uh, he is he like on opening night, like what the local announcer I forgot his name. I think it was Steve. Uh, but I forgot his last name. Anyway, he said he said uh, if you look at the numbers of John Gibson on opening night, like half of the penalty minutes of his career have come on opening night. So he's always jacked up for that big game in always not just in making stops, but in causing chaos and tumult. So I love it.
0: All right. I'm talked out of opening night. I'm ready for Monday after a full weekend of games. I think, I know I just said, I don't like to overreact after one game, but I'm ready to overreact after everyone has like two to three games.
1: Yeah. Let's get through uh, another week. Some would say let's react after a dozen games, but not us. We will react to what we see uh, on the Monday.
0: Got to produce content every two, twice a week.
1: Okay. How else are we going to do it? Exactly. Who isn't pumped up for this? Bold men on campus. A new ESPN (laughs) podcast hosted by Jay Billis, Lafonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. These ESPN basketball personalities who happen to be bold Give you an all-access pass inside the world of college basketball, talking to the biggest names in the sport. That's bold men on campus. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And it's well-established. You know where I'll be next. I'll be in between the benches. First ESPN Plus game. Ducks hosting the Wild on Friday. And then Saturday, I'm hosting in the crease on ESPN Plus. Yes, the hockey highlight show
0: in the crease on ESPN plus. What are you up to? I will be on the point again tomorrow. By the way, we have so many does these days, the drop, the point, the, in the crease <laughs> podcast, but. I'll be on the point. We've got Callie Ryan Callahan's going to be there. Torts, who I'm just really I'm pushing so hard to get the invite to his farm one day. I keep asking him about his horses. He's got three. He's got so many dogs. Um, that is my end of season goal: an invite to Torts' farm. I know he's not listening because he also told me he does not have social media. He didn't know what a burner Twitter was. I had to explain it to him. Anyway, about <laughs> <laughs> and
1: let me tell you, you'll get an invite to the farm quicker then he will want to come on this podcast or any podcast since he doesn't like social media. I'm surprised he knew what a podcast was. And we both love torts to death. We can't get enough of him. You, you have the power, Emily, you can convince him to come on
0: this podcast. That is your homework. End of season goals. Hey, um, okay. I'm going to get him on the podcast. I did ask him last week because we were recording right after. And I said, torts, sorry, Christina, you're going to have to bleep in a second. I said, torts, uh, everyone's like, "What are you doing after this?" And I'm like, "Oh, I've got to record the uh, the podcast with Linda Torch. Do you want to come on with me?" And he goes, "No." And what did you Linda? <laughs> he said that his wife told him not to go on any podcasts as he get in trouble. So it's going to be a steep hill to climb, it. I'm going to climb it. And then Tuesday I got a home game, Chicago Blackhawks home opener against the uh, New York Islanders. I'm going to be between the benches for that, so we'll see how that goes. I'm pumped to be at the United Center. Honestly, my favorite moment at the United Center. One of my favorite moments in pre-games of hockey is the uh, national anthem there. So I'm curious for what the um, perspective and it's gonna be like from between the benches and that vantage point. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: On Monday, when the next episode of our podcast uh, will hit, I will tell you a story that involved me at the United Center. and is also one of my top 10 hockey moments of all time. Way to leave the people hanging, (laughs)
0: Linda.
1: Well, that's called the tease, Emily.